I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors loss by a score of 106 to 105 against the Golden State Warriors. In a game where, truthfully, the Raptors had no real business being in, considering the fact that they were not good through three quarters, and a lot of mistakes. Certain guys didn't really show up, oddly enough. Raptors down 15. You know what, another loss? Okay, you can swallow another loss, whatever. But don't get my hopes up, and what do the Raptors do? They go ahead and get your hopes up. They made a great comeback. Really great. Down 15, heading into the fourth quarter. Um, the Raptors... Led by Kyle Lowry, make a comeback. I mean, how many times have I said that on this podcast over the years? Led by Kyle Lowry, makes a comeback. Kyle scores 16 points in the fourth quarter. After only scoring one in the first three quarters, I don't know what the hell was going on there, but definitely showed up in the fourth quarter. Hit three threes, hit an and one, driving layup, two free throws. You know, was looking good. Raptors take the lead even. Raptors go up by four on Kyle's shot. Raptors go up by one on Fred's. I mean, miraculous jumper, to be honest, because Draymond Green definitely fouled him. No call. I'll get to that in a later. But definitely Draymond Green body, like, belly, um, yeah, belly flopped into Fred on the baseline. Fred knocks down the jumper and gets knocked over. No call. Okay, whatever. Oh, Raptors go up one. And then the Raptors will have a one-point lead with seven, just over seven seconds left. The Raptors um, try to defend. Obviously, the play is going to Steph. Raptors completely swarmed Steph. The Raptors did an insanely good job guarding Steph tonight. Steph gives the ball to Damian Lee. And Damian Lee senses a little tiny sliver of contact after the Raptors close out. And this tight area on the baseline, Damian Lee. Um, I don't really know how to describe it other than he uh, just completely flops. And I mean, look, it was reviewed. They, there was contact on the play. Insanely marginal contact, but still contact. Not saying the foul. I'm just saying Damian Lee did a leg kick that went above his shoulders, and I was truly impressed with his uh, flexibility on that one. That's a one point game. At that point, Raptors up one. Damian Lee goes to the free throw line, hits both free throws. And the Raptors still have a chance to steal this game. All right, down one, 4.3 seconds left. The Raptors spread the floor. And I, I just want to get into this. I really do because. Uh, it's, it's, okay, first off, the, the seat, the setup of the play, okay, so the Raptors do this play quite often, where what they do is they leave a man in the backcourt, they have three players spacing out, and they'll have Kyle inbounding, Kyle is usually the inbounder, now you might say, okay, Kyle scored 16 points, why is he inbounding, well, with 4.3 seconds left, Kyle could still conceivably get into the play, play this time, though, was clearly not for Kyle, so the Raptors have three players, two of them screen, and I believe it was OG in the middle of the floor, screens from Fred, who comes from the right side of the floor to the left side of the floor to, to, to come receive the ball. 
Warrior Switch, the Raptors choose not to inbound to Fred, even though Fred had a mismatch against Kavon Looney. To be honest, with four seconds left, I, you know, don't mind that decision. Uh, even though that's a mismatch ordinarily, there's so little time for Fred to get a good shot up against a really, really large defender trapped on the baseline. So, or on the sideline. So, what the Raptors do instead, Kyle inbounds to uh, Pascal Siakam, who is in the backcourt. Um, and then, so, uh, the reason you keep the guy in the backcourt is so you give him a, a runway. So, well, A, you, you got a really clean inbound, obviously. No one's pressuring the backcourt like that. But you got a really clean inbound, and you get the guy going downhill. And that's exactly what Pascal did. Caught the ball, attacked, going downhill, one-on-one against Andrew Wiggins. First, Pascal tries to drive to his left hand. Wiggins cuts him off. Pascal crosses over, tries to get to his right hand. Wiggins then uh, turns and tries to cut him off there. And that's where Pascal has a very, very pivotal split-second decision make. By the way, um, this is all happening. Pascal's catching the ball in the backcourt with four seconds left. Okay, so creating a really good shot in this situation is very, very difficult. But uh, Pascal... Uh, after trying to go left, tries to go right against Wiggins. Wiggins cuts him off again. And that's where Pascal's a really tough decision to make. Does he, A, pick up the ball, try to storm into the paint, right? Because he can do that. You can force the issue. Pascal obviously is long enough. He's around the free throw line of this area. He could choose to go to the basket. But here's where, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I'm going to put up an image of just a screenshot of what the last play was. And I'll talk about it there. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find the screenshot. I, I tweeted it out. But um, this is the decision Pascal ends up making. He has, an, so right before this, he has a, a chance to maybe drive. I mean, it will be a heavily contested drive. Wiggins had him cut off. But you, as you can see, most importantly, Draymond Green is waiting right at the back of the defense. And so if Siakam somehow muscled his way past Wiggins... Draymond was right there to contest the shot. He clearly is not trying to guard OG. And, of course, even though the ball got swung out to OG, that's not enough time, even with 0.5 seconds left. So what does Pascal do? Well, Wiggins initially had his body turned completely 180 degrees, trying to play Pascal, driving to his right. So what does Pascal do? He spins, and he gets to a little bit of space, and he goes up for what I have to consider a fairly clean look. It's not like, okay, so... It's not like a wide-open, clean look. It's not like nobody's around Pascal with his feet completely set. Of course, he's trying to create off the dribble, so his feet aren't entirely set. He's spinning as well, but he is balanced, right? Because if you see the shot, he is fully upright, he is fully vertical, and he's going to the shot, and he has a very clean look at the shot. Wiggins eventually gets his hand into the play, but by that point, Pascal has already got his shot lined up, and it rims out. This is the, the sequence there, right? But I can't, I can't hate on this decision. I really can't because with four seconds left to create this look, I'm not mad at it. I'm really not mad at it, especially considering Pascal hit a few mid-range jumpers up until this point. It was a difficult shot, absolutely. Every shot with four seconds left is difficult unless there's a breakdown in the defense. So there was no breakdown for the Warriors' defense. And you got to give Wiggins really good credit because, honestly, cutting out Pascal twice on the drive is pretty impressive in that short span of time without fouling. And he gets a decent contest after this. But still, Pascal got a reasonably open shot. Now, the thing is, people are going to... I'm already seeing it. People are going in on Pascal, uh, dissecting him, calling him Beyblade again. I mean, what, whatever. You make, you know, That's all banter. Pascal likes to go to the spin move. He went to the spin move. Haha. You know, wow. He did it again. I just find it asinine, and I don't find it fair in this situation whatsoever. First off, Pascal was the Raptors' best player tonight. I was... Well, 
it's either him or Fred, but those two were absolutely the Raptors' best players tonight. Pascal tonight, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists in 40 minutes. Playing center out there as well because the Raptors started small with no Alex Len. They put Norm into the starting five. Norm did not deliver. What Pascal did was he kept the Raptors in the game early on. It was threatening to be a bigger lead. Pascal was honestly like all the good things that happened tonight went through Pascal and Fred and then eventually Kyle. But Kyle didn't really join them until the fourth quarter. So people, some two people had to hold this team together, and Pascal did that. And second of all, it's not that bad of a shot. It really isn't. I don't know what you're expecting with four seconds like that. But he he made a move. He made a skill move to create some separation, and he just missed. And it is what it is. You know, if you want to get on people, maybe you can get on Nick for drawing up. Maybe drop a better play that doesn't have Pascal catching the ball in the backcourt with four seconds left. Or maybe you can get on Kyle for not inbounding the ball to Fred, who you, he could have squeezed the ball to, and Fred did have a mismatch against Kevon Looney, although four seconds left is hard to create, right? Or you can get on Kyle for the fact that the previous play before this, with 10 seconds left, the Raptors had a scramble opportunity, Fred corrals the ball, kicks it out to Kyle, and Kyle had a wide-open look at a three. You know, a late contest, but an open look, especially for Kyle. And the Raptors could have hit that shot. That would have made it a four-point game. You can you, you can blame, a, you know, the Raptors were fouling on the possession right before this on Damian Lee. You know, obviously it was an exaggerated play, but still, it, you know, it, it was it was still a mistake to even touch a player trying to shoot a contested jumper at that point, right? Um, you, you just... You, you know, like it's just, it's just, it's just so cynical to blame Pascal. If you're still mad about Pascal from last year's playoffs, there's nothing I can do for you, man. And there's nothing Pascal can do for you because that playoffs is over. It happened. It, Pascal was a disaster in that in that Celtic series. Absolutely, if you want to be mad about it, for sure. But this was not the game to be mad about Pascal. It's not like Pascal, you know, took some ridiculous shot. It's not that ridiculous. He got separation. He just missed. Man, players miss, and he made a move to get open. It, it drives me nuts to see this. And it's not all the Raptors, you know, Raptors media is being soft on Pascal. Please, go back and listen to this podcast, okay? Even just last week or two weeks ago, like you know, there's been so much of me criticizing and dissecting Pascal's game. You try to keep it in perspective. But damn, this was not the game for that. It just wasn't. Yeah, he missed, man. Whatever. You know who else missed? Steph Curry was 2 of 16, okay? Yeah, they get the win, but whatever, man. Like... This was just not the game to get on Pascal, and I feel so bad for him, man. And this is this is part of the shit why Pascal turns off his social media now, right? He's no longer on social. Why? Why would he go on social? Honestly, like why? You look at a game: twenty-five points, eleven rebounds, three assists, forty points, uh, sorry, forty minutes plus seven in in those forty minutes. So the Raptors lost by the eight points in the eight minutes he sat. He played his heart out. He defended. He scored. He was carried the Raptors throughout the course of the game, and he got a semi decent look at the end of the shot clock, and he missed. And people are getting on his case, and it's just. It's sad. It's pathetic to me. It really is, man. It honestly shows a lack of... You know what? It's not even a lack. It's either it's either a willful attempt to be cynical at Pascal, or it just shows a lack of basketball knowledge. Because if you really go back and break down that play, you can't be that mad at Pascal for getting that shot. Yes, you can say, oh, just take it to the basket. Yeah, sure. Just take it to the basket when Draymond is waiting right at the freaking rim. You know, like... It sucks. And it sucks to lose that fashion, absolutely. But that's not the only play the Raptors blew because there was the foul on the, Dam- the Damian Lee. There was Kyle Lowry make- missing a wide-open three that could have sealed the game. And it is what it is. And really, if you really want to get into it, the Raptors messed up a game where they held Steph Curry to 2 of 16 shooting, 1 of 10 from 3. Steph Curry, coming to this game, had averaged 30.6 points per game coming into this game. He had 
60 points at the start, 62 points at the start of this week, okay? And a 38-point game right before this game. So the, for the fact that the Raptors held him to 11 points is nuts. And of course, Fred played absolutely just incredible defense. It takes a team to guard Steph, but it takes that one person who's actually guarding Steph to guard Steph to get to this effort. So the Raptors did an incredible job guarding Steph. Yeah, he made some passes. His gravity was really good. You know, him making passes to Draymond, Draymond making passes, all this stuff. I get it, right? But it's not like the Warriors had a super efficient offense. They scored 106 points. They shot 40% from the field, 28% from three. Didn't get to the free throw line that much either. And had more turnovers than the Raptors. It wasn't like that, 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 right? The Raptors defensively were good enough. But what what happened with the Raptors today? You can look at the bench, for example, all right? Chris Boucher, great player off the bench. He has consistently given the Raptors great performances today. 15 points, 6 blocks, 6 rebounds, 6 of 10, 2 of 3 from the 3-point line. Fantastic. 24 minutes for, for Boucher. Who else did they have off the bench? Utah, my guy. Blocked Steph at one point, which is fine. But 2 points. You got Stanley Johnson with 3 points. You got Malachi Flynn missing everything. 0 for 3. And you got Terrence Davis 1 for 6. 3 points making terrible decisions out there. You know, that's where you lose the game. And if you really want to break it down, you might look at other players, right? How many shots did OG miss, right? So, some very open opportunities, didn't get them to go. I wouldn't criticize him too much, although his off-ball defense today was a little lax. At one point, someone got like a wide-open backdoor layup. That's some Matt Thomas behavior. You look at Norman Powell, nine points with the starters. Oh, yeah, let's start Norm. Let's start Norm. Okay, you know what? Norm has been stinking up the joint, but Nick Nurse says, you know what? You play well with the starters. I'm going to give you a shot. What does he do today? Nine points. You know what? The last time the st- Norm Powell played the Warriors, you know what happened? That was early. In 2020, right before the the season was canceled, he had his career high 37 points against the Warriors to only come up with nine today. You know, there's lots of places you can look. You can even look at Kyle, right? You can look at Kyle because one point for the first three quarters, I don't know what was going on. It didn't seem like he was interested, and and it's not me trying to pick on Kyle. It's just that you when you've seen seven years of Kyle Lowry play balls to the wall, and he's involved in every possession so much so that you can't miss this guy when he scores one point through three quarters and is really not making that much of an attempt to impact the game as you normally would, yeah, it's noticeable. And yes, he made an incredible play in the fourth quarter. 16 points, made a whole bunch of plays, you know, put the Raptors in a position to win this game, reversed the 15-point lead. Absolutely. Kyle Lowry over everything in the fourth quarter. But what happened in the first three quarters? Why were you down 15 points, right? Because it was just Fred and and Pascal with a little bit of Boucher sprinkled in that kept the Raptors afloat. And of course, Kyle comes in and does his thing. But where was Kyle in the first three quarters? It, you know, it's a frustrating loss. And the Raptors are 2-7. and seven. I don't know if you need to do any finger-pointing. I don't think the Raptors specifically are interested in it. Kyle seemed, you know, he was giving a very positive message after the game. He says we're 2-7. and seven. That's a terrible record, but we're better than this. And I believe that. The Raptors have lost so many close games today, uh, in this season. You got the Warriors game. You got the Spurs game. You got the second Pelicans game. You got the Sixers game. Uh, you know, it, 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 the Suns game was close. Like, you know, it, it is, it's not like the Raptors just getting blown out of the gym. Really, it only happened once, right, against the uh, the Celtics. Um, but, like, you know, w- there's a lot of people to point fingers at. And to point fingers at Pascal, I mean, look, it's just disappointing. Like, what, what do you want from Pascal, man? Coming into a game like this, you know, I mean, it's not like the Warriors are some sort of defensive juggernaut, but he is getting guarded a lot by Draymond and stuff. I mean, 25 and 11 and 3, and he and he misses a shot at the end. Like, you're just going to kill the guy. I mean, I, maybe that's just sports. Maybe that's just sports. Maybe that's just the business that he's in. You know what? You can, this, this is just, you missed a shot, you missed a shot, people are going to get on your case. Maybe that's what it is. But damn, it, it just feels unfair to me. It just, it feels so unfair. But, you know, there's not much being fair. I mean, the Raptors being 2 and 7 is not really fair on the season. The Raptors losing this game, not really that fair. 
because of the foul call that was given to, to, to Lee, of all people. But, you know, you know, it is what it is, man. This guy was, this guy had a higher kick than Bruce Lee out there, man. Um, in terms of the other factions in the game, I thought Fred, of course, defensively against Steph, just absolutely incredible performance. Steph had two shots that he made tonight. He actually missed some open threes, which was kind of interesting. But honestly, he was so he was under so much pressure that I understand that like, it, it must be hard for him to even get into a rhythm. Um, so I think that probably factors in. Although Steph did have some open shots, you know, obviously he wouldn't make those. But Steph, the first shift of the game, seven minutes, obviously to, to start the game, Fred had Steph completely under locks. Fred, Steph didn't take a, take a single shot. And Steph's first basket came in the third quarter. And I'm not even kidding. Steph Curry ran an entire lap around the three-point line, was on the left side, tried to receive the ball, gave it up, then ran off the ball, uh, ran along the baseline, came back up top, got the ball back. Uh, Fred's trailing the play, and Steph Curry gets a sliver of space to shoot a mid-range jumper, and he, he makes that. That's his first basket, a long two, a contested long two in the third quarter. Then he doesn't make anything, and then he finally makes a three You know, in the fourth quarter there after kind of a little weird give-and-go on the on the uh, with, with Draymond. Wasn't even a set play. Just kind of one of those like quick passes. Great read by Draymond to reverse the ball back to Steph because Fred actually had Steph so pressured, Steph had to give up the ball. And Draymond pitched it back to him. You know, honestly, it was decently contested by Fred again, but Steph made it. But two of sixteen, man. The defensively, the effort against Steph uh, by 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 Fred is just amazing. Nobody else guards Steph as good as that. I mean, that's some final. That's why you know Fred has the Finals MVP vote. And I'm so happy that Hubie Brown gave it to him. Obviously, Kawhi was the Finals MVP, absolutely. But you do not win that series without Fred VanVleet. Not only what he did in Game 6, not only the scoring that he did against the Bucks, but his defense on Steph. I mean, and Steph is, a, is an all-time player. I think Steph is the best point guard of all time. I didn't watch Magic Johnson, but I've seen Steph, and I've seen him win like 73 games in a season. Ridiculous stuff, right? Uh, you need it. And Steph still got his numbers overall, but Fred did such a good job, man. It was such... It's like, you know, the Warriors never win the 2015 championship without Andre Godala against LeBron. Um, so, yeah. You know, Fred was awesome. And, of course, defensive or offensively, Fred also did a ton because, you know, he had to carry the Raptors so much offensively as well because, again, Kyle was missing for the first three quarters. Pascal was doing what he could, and the rest of the team can't really do that much, right? So Fred had to create so much of the offense on his own. He's getting to the basket. The craft that he's starting to show, you know, he's starting to manipulate the game, which is very, very smart. There's one pass that he made where he drove into the lane and then did a kind of look away where his eyes were looking towards the wing. Um, but uh, but Fred instead threw the pass, perfect pass, into the corner for OG to hit a corner three. You know, that small, subtle little bit of manipulation throws the defense off, makes them a little bit late. They think Fred's going one way where he's going the other way. That craft right there. And then Fred's, honestly, Fred came up with two absolutely clutch plays in the fourth quarter. One... The Raptors get into a possession. Pascal kind of has to get bailed out. Pascal throws the ball back out to Fred Van Vliet. Fred has Draymond Green on him. Draymond's closing out. Fred crosses over, gets separation, drives baseline a little bit. Draymond bumps him. Fred still takes the mid-range jumper. No call. Fred makes the basket. That gave the Raptors a one-point lead. That put the Raptors at 105-104. And then the next possession, Fred's guarding Steph, of course. Steph's running the play. He's coming off the high pick and roll. Steph thinks that he had erased Fred from the play finally got Fred off of him man Fred was like a bed bug this guy just would not go away and guess what Fred dives in 
from behind the play to pressure the ball, uh, to pressure Steph on the dribble in the paint, and Steph ends up dribbling it out of bounds because of that play. A diving play coming back in the play. The amount of heart, the amount of um, effort, the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that Fred put into this game uh, was phenomenal, man. And, of course, like, you know, he scored really efficiently, too. He could have got a few more calls. Absolutely. He took a lot of contact. This is a game where the Raptors, uh, neither team really got many free throws. This was a, very, a lot of physicality. Not, very little of it was called, except for Bruce Lee at the end. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, Fred, though, I mean, he, he's such a baller, man. He's, he's shown you exactly what he's got this season. He's leveling up once again, you know. Um, the defense has always been there, but the offense is starting to catch up with him. He's starting to make these little subtle moves now, um, you know, tough drives where he's like, you know, using a little bit of that craft to get by and finish over big men as well. Um, this, I mean, honestly, Fred's been, you know, so impressive this year. When you watch him play, there's always like three or four possessions where he just makes you go, wow. Like, I can't believe he made that play. And Fred is, you know, uh, this is the highest compliment I can really get, but he's got a lot of Kyle in him, and he's got a lot of Kyle in him. But, um, yeah, it, it's a it's it's a tough loss. It is what it is, man. I mean, I think in this game, I was really looking for more from Norm. I thought um, the Warriors switched a lot, which kind of cut off a lot of Norm's offense, where he likes to come off screens, curl, get to the basket. It wasn't a lot of that stuff. Um, Warriors also put a lot of length on Norm. Um, he didn't get a lot of open looks from three. Um, I thought OG. Could have done a little bit more offensively, you know. Um, he, he came alive later in the game, so that's okay, but uh, it was okay. Honestly, the Raptors' small ball lineup, it was fine. They generated really good looks in their first shift. Um, they just weren't knocking down any open looks, which is, you know, again, kind of the story of the season for the Raptors. Um, you know, I, did, I didn't mind it. I think, uh, you know, defensively they played quite well, so I don't. I think that's that's definitely maybe the biggest concern you would have with that group is how well they can defend. And then offensively, I mean, that those are your best offensive players. You can swap Norm with, with, with Boucher, but that's about it. That Those are your best offensive fives. So um, you kind of just have to roll with what you got there. And I thought they were fine. I think situationally against the Warriors, um, you know, that's kind of like a neutral matchup. I wouldn't say it was, like, super effective. Um, you know, it's not that the Warriors are a team that plays that small. When you look at the starting five, Steph – is a regular point guard, 6'3". Kelly Oubre as the two guard. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'7". Wiggins, 6'7", you know, as well on the wing. Then Draymond, you know, know, 6'7", power forward. Obviously, got good size, can play center too. And then James Wiseman, um, 7 feet tall. And so there were some sequences where, you know, Raptors would trap Steph on the perimeter. Steph would give the ball really quickly. Draymond would drive and throw the lob to Wiseman. Um, You know, there were a couple of those breakdowns. But on the whole, the Raptors defended quite well. So I'm not I'm not mad at it. I would try it again. I really would. I would I would just hope that Norm you know delivers because if Norm's not giving you 20 points, then Norm's not giving you very much at all. Uh, but you know I would try it again. Um, the Raptors play what the Blazers tomorrow, so they'll have Nurkic, um, but they don't really post Nurkic that much these days. It feels and feel like, although I haven't watched that many Blazers games. Um, but Nurkic is certainly someone who could give them some problems with his size, but. I would try it. That's a matchup where you kind of dare them to sort of adjust to you. But, of course, that also depends on the Raptors actually, you know, scoring uh, enough. And the Raptors definitely could not convert on their chances. But if you look at the uh, the Blazers, for example, uh, last game they started Dame, CJ, you know, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, they have some more sides coming off the bench. You know, Carmelo, Enos Cantor, um, 
you know, Hood, Simons, Gary Trent. So, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I would still try it again. That's probably the first time where I looked at the starting five and I'm like, that starting five wasn't too terrible, which is uh, which is what it is. So, it's a frustrating loss. It really is. Um, you know, I'm, you know, 2-7 and seven is such a tough record. Um, you know, I, I, there was the camera caught... Uh, Panned over to Masai and Bobby sitting on the sideline, um, assessing the game. Bobby in a suit. Um, what's his name? Masai in a, a sweater, and you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, it, it's interesting that they did show them because I think those guys have a really big decision to make. I think it's pretty clear, even though the Raptors have lost. Um, some winnable games and whatever their, their true talent is probably not two and seven. And they've had Kyle miss a game. They've had Pascal miss a game. But realistically, when you're looking at this roster through nine games, you are seeing very clearly that the Raptors have a real issue. And the issue is, one, on a lot of nights, they cannot get five players performing at once. Uh, two, there are two centers that they signed this offseason to replace Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka were Aaron Baines and Alex Len, and they have done so little for the Raptors that neither of them have played tonight. The night before this against the Kings, they, Len played five minutes and was benched. Baines has been benched two games in a row now. He got benched in the second half of the Celtics game as well. He got benched in the second half of the uh, Suns game as well. You know, like, this is just where they're at. And that's on the front office. It is. I mean, as much as you want to hate on all these other people, you know, if you want to point some fingers... Don't just point it at Pascal tonight. Point it at also the front office. Because what is this roster? It's so unbalanced. Nick Nurse has already talked about it. I mean, look at who we're playing off the bench. Like, realistically, you know, we're playing a rookie point guard in Malachi Flynn. Terrence Davis, who might have some of the worst decision-making skills on and off the court. Uh, Stanley Johnson, who is Stanley. Oh, he played with activity tonight. That's fine. Utah Watanabe, who is fine, but, like, he's a two-way player. Chris Boucher is already giving you as much as you could possibly ask for. And then who else didn't play today? Matt Thomas. Yeah, okay, Matt can do some things, but let's be real. On a team with such little size, so few, so many guards who are small, it's hard to play Matt Thomas. Although if you want to sit, play him, I'm, I'm for it. I'm definitely willing to try again. Paul Watson, who hasn't really seen any time. DeAndre Bembry, who hasn't really seen any time. That's the roster. That is the roster. You're relying on Norm Powell as a starter now. If Norm has a bad game, the Raptors generally don't win, which isn't a bad spot, man. You, 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 you know, that's one of the things. Norm is not a guy you want to rely on consistently. And again, that dates back to just the, the actual decisions of this front office. What are your intentions with this with this team? Because the way I'm looking at it, you have one, you can make one of two moves. One, you get them a real center. And I don't mean like, you know, uh, you need to go out there and get Carl Anthony Towns. You don't need to go against Joel Embiid or none of this stuff. Just get a passable center who can play at a decent level, who are better than Aaron Baines and Alex Len. Someone who can catch and finish, which isn't that, shouldn't be outside like surplus to requirements when you're an NBA center, is to finish layups and things like that, um, and to play a little bit of defense and to rebound. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not asking for that much, but they need to either get this team a center. So that they are not always playing four on five out there, or playing uh, a super small ball lineup, or you go and you make real decisions about what do you do with Kyle, what do you do with Norm, 
because those guys are veteran players on, on expiring contracts. And if you're a 2-9 at this point of the season with no real injuries or anything like that to beset, to, to sort of set off your momentum, uh, what do you do with this team? So, you know, listen, the front office, um, they kind of created this mess and they have to now solve this mess. But for now, it's it's another unfortunate loss. In terms of your three stars, I give Fred the first star. I mean, look, listen, 21 points, five rebounds, five assists, nine of 20, three of 10 from three. There's no free throws, but honestly, this man took so much contact. Um, he made the incredible play to to to, um, to to dive in against Steph, forced a turnover in the last minute. Man, made a ridiculously difficult uh, leaning jumper on the baseline against Draymond. Actually found Kyle for the open three as well, but you know Kyle missed. Uh, and on top of that, Steph Curry shot two of sixteen from the field. Man, I mean that's with five turnovers as well, and and that's unbelievable. Fred played his heart out tonight. Finals MVP, Fred. Um, Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. In 40 minutes, 4 of 19 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. The free throw has been kind of interesting for Pascal. He's kind of been a little bit off. It looks like, I don't know. I mean, I've never really thought too much about Pascal's free throw form. It looks pretty normal. It looks like his regular shooting motion. Right now, it seems to be a little bit more pronounced, and it's leading to some um, misses. So, uh, the, the other night against the, the Suns, it was more noticeable. He shot 9 of 14. He was 2 of 2 against the Kings. Uh, and today, he was 5 of 9. So, you could say, well, you know, Pascal made some free throws. It could have been different. I get that. Um, but, you know, that's really the only thing you could really knock him for. You know, the shot that he got at the end was, you know, I, considering the situation, I don't have any real issues with it. Um, it played great defense as well. Pascal had to play a lot of bigs, um, minutes, and... He's not the problem, man. He's not the problem right now. And your third star, Kyle Lowry, really turned it on. It was going to be Chris Boucher all the way with his 15.6 rebounds and a steal and six blocks, two threes, six to ten shooting in 24 minutes. He would be an incredible fantasy player if you don't have him already on your team. Uh, but Kyle, you know, turned it around in the fourth quarter, 16 points in the fourth, 17 points overall, nine rebounds, six assists, a steal, five of 14, three of eight from three, four of seven from the free throw line. Um, yeah, Kyle really turned it on, and it made a huge difference. Um, and that's what the Raptors are going to need. Kyle, Fred, and Pascal firing all at once. I don't think we've had a game this season where all three of those guys have done that. I mean, the two wins the Raptors had, one game Pascal wasn't there, the other game Kyle wasn't there. So we're still waiting on a game where all those all three of those guys can click together because they're going to need that. That's what they're going to need to win is they're going to need all three of their uh, all-star level players to play at all-star levels. And today... Um, at different times, we saw that from those three guys, but it is what it is. And of course, you're a Gerald Henderson Award winner. That's got to go to Damian Lee. Um, you know, 15 minutes, 13 points. You know, he hit a bunch of open threes. And of course, the confidence to rise up for that jumper. First off, I mean, look, listen, you got to give him a ton of credit for making the two free throws, but you got to give him a lot of ton of credit for even making that play because it takes some real courage to go up for that shot because honestly, that was going to be a brick. He was just flailing his arms, and the referees don't bail him out. That's just a hilariously bad turnover to commit in that series, uh, that play. So he took a real guts to do that. I know I'm, I'm I'm sort of praising a flop, but listen, it was a game-winning flop, so good for him. That's already his second game-winner of the season. Um, yeah, the brother-in-law. So it's a, it's a tough spot, man. The Raptors are 2-7. and seven. They play again tomorrow against um, the Portland Trailblazers. We'll see what kind of energy they got. Second half of a back-to-back, last game of the road trip. Hopefully the Raptors win. But uh, if they don't, 2-8, and eight, I mean... They got to start winning soon. They really, really have to start winning soon. So thanks everyone for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.